Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here's a preview of what you'll hear on this episode of Beyond the Wheel. Our business model is we want to present news and we want to present information that's going to be of value, whether it's insight, whether it's entertainment, whether it's new product, you know, whatever it might be. That's we just prefer to, we just prefer to to focus in on uh, something that's meant to grow the industry, to grow the lifestyle. Now enjoy the show. You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries. Battleborn Batteries are the best name in the RV and marine industry. These batteries are designed to replace your existing lead-acid batteries. They come in a variety of dimensions and amp-hour capacities. This ensures there's a Battleborn battery that is right for your needs. These batteries are backed by a 10-year warranty, allowing you to get out there and stay out there. The best solution for your battery anxiety. Whether your adventure is on the road, on the water, or off the grid, Battleborn batteries keep you out there longer. Hey everyone, before we get this episode started, we wanted to let you know that Sean and I have been asked to attend FMCA's 106th International Convention and RV Expo, March 15th through the 18th in Perry, Georgia. We will be putting on a live daily show every morning for the full event. So if you're going to be at the show, be sure to stop by our booth and say hi. We want to thank Echo One Adventures for sponsoring our trip to the FMCA convention. Echo One Adventures is a company that does electrical installs in all types of RVs and rents travel trailers fully outfitted for off-grid living. To learn more about them, go to echoneadventures.com. Thanks again to Echo One Adventures for their support. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We have a great episode for you today. We are talking with Rick Kessler, an executive editor at RV Business. RV Business is a trade publication focused exclusively on the RV industry. This means that Rick has a lot of insight in the RV world, which makes it a real treat to get to talk to him as he shares some of the insights he has about the industry. So let's talk with Rick. Hey, Rick. Thanks for joining us today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at RV Business? Yes. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I've been a a longtime listener, uh, first-time participant. How's that? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I've been with RV Business Magazine for just over eight years, eight and a half years now. Prior to that, I was in the newspaper industry for, geez, 22, 25 years. In both places, I'm the editor or an, an editor. At RV Business, I'm the executive editor, and like I said, I've been there eight and a half years, and being an RVer, it was uh, truly a match made in heaven for me, because I was able to pair my love of RVing with my career as a journalist, and it's been great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And so, is that what drove you to to work at RV Business, was that you were an RVer, so you knew, you knew about it, because with a 
a history or a background in, it looked like just poking around on your LinkedIn that you were more like a newspaper kind of uh, writer. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. I imagine that shift is a little weird. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I was in newspapers since I graduated from Michigan State and had been in newspapers the entire time. Uh, no secret, newspapers are, are struggling right now. I saw the writing on the wall. It just so happened that I had done a freelance article with RV Business not that long ago before I had started looking. So publisher Sherman Goldenberg and I had stayed in touch. He had mentioned that they were looking to add to their staff, and I happened to be looking to be added to his staff. So it worked out very, very well. Yeah, like you said, the, the, the journalism thing is, I love it. I love it. I love being able to, to learn about things. I love to be able to pass along what I learned. And as far as the RV industry is concerned, I mean, gosh, guys, how many times do we sit around the campfire and think, you know, why don't they do this? Or why, why do they do this? Well, I, get, I guess I get a, sometimes a front row seat in some of those discussions. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what Sean and I enjoy about the podcast. It's very similar to that. You almost get a, like a little bit of an inner workings of, of why things happen the way they are and the why things are set up the way they are. Sometimes. Sometimes we can figure it out. Other times, not so much. <laughs> Very true. So what is it that RV business does? Can you like put that in a nutshell for us? Yeah, sure. Um, we're, we're trade media. We are a media company. We have a magazine that we publish every other month, a print magazine that we publish every other month. We also have a website. That website is updated five days a week, you know, weekdays. We do no less than 11 different postings every day, everything having to do with the RV industry. And then the other thing that, a couple things that we do are, are events. And, and by that, I mean, we have the RV Business Power Breakfast, which happens every May. That's where we bring, and boy, oh boy, it gets gotten cut pretty big. It's, we have about a thousand people that will show up at the RV uh, Hall of Fame in Elkhart. We put together a, a two hour, two and a half hour presentation with uh, all kinds of industry speakers and guest speakers, including people to the likes of Mike Pence back when he was the governor. That's one event. The other event would be our top 50 dealer awards. And we hand those out every year at the RV dealer Convention Expo in Las Vegas, that happens every November. Just like it sounds, we recognize the, the top 50 RV dealerships. And uh, one thing that I'm particularly proud about is those dealers don't win because they sell the most. They are mm -hmm. recognized because they do everything good, including customer service, including workmanship, including uh, service after the sale, uh, it, charity work, especially in the communities that they serve. And it's not us who make those decisions. We actually have a, an independent panel of, of people that are familiar with the industry, come from the industry, and they're the ones that make the, the blind selections. They don't know as much as we are able to. They don't know who whose entry form they're looking at. Interesting. I like that you mentioned, too, like the uh, service after the sale, because anybody, I think, can be on best behavior to get you that. To, to get you in the RV, but afterwards, that, that's the sometimes the more important period. No question about that. I mean, we all know the horror stories of the pushy salesman and or saleswoman, for that matter. We have our. I personally have my own ex stories that I like to tell, but uh, 
the best dealers are the ones that realize it's not that first time sale. It's every sale that you're going to make afterwards, every touch point afterwards, whether it's the service department or the parts and accessories or the next RV. And I, boy, I think I remember reading somewhere that the average RV person, every average RVer owns something like seven different rigs in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've only owned two and I'm, I'm going on a good 15, 20 years. So I don't know who those people that own seven are. <laughs> Sean, Sean and I know a few people that change rigs on a yearly basis. It, it's yeah. not that surprising that seven is the number. <laughs> um, you had mentioned that you have a, a, um, a hard copy of the magazine, but you're also at, you know, rvbusiness.com. Can you let us know which one happened first? How long has RV Business been around? How, how did it start? Well, uh, since RV Business Magazine has been around 50 years, it's safe to say that the dot-com came later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, RV Business was around 50 years. It's We just uh, are finishing up our 50th anniversary in 2022. It's um, had different names over the years. But for the most part, it's been RV Business Magazine. To back up just a tiny little bit, Sherman Goldenberg, he's the publisher and the owner, he brought RV Business Magazine with him when he moved from California to Indiana. At the time, RV Business Magazine was owned by what's now Camping World. It was known as a affinity group back in the day, and they had a, an entire publishing division People will remember Trailer Life and Motorhome magazines, of yep. course. They also had a slew of others, including RV Business Magazine. They also owned uh, Woodall's Campground Management. Sherman brought that out to uh, Indiana with him. We've since renamed that Woodall's Campground Magazine. But that's similar to RV Business. That is a trade publication and website for the campground industry. Oh, okay. Is it also, is the Woodalls, they used to put out a big book every year. Is that the same? It was, It's the same company that did not come with us. Okay. So I'm, and by same company, I mean Affinity Group or, or Camping World had that at the time. Okay. So yeah, all those Woodalls ratings, that, that, that was them, not us. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, did he make the move from California to... Indiana because the RV industry, that, I mean, that's kind of like the capital RV industry capital of the world. Is that the reason for the move? That was a big reason for the move. The other reason is Sherman is from Northern Indiana. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Nice. So would you say the target audience for RV business is people in the RV trades? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, we are a trade magazine and our audience is the trade the people that work in the industry, that's not to say that, you know, Joe consumer doesn't also subscribe because they do. We have, we have a large segment of consumers that uh, are in our, our subscription database, but a good 95% are the industry people. And of that industry people, I, I would say a good majority of them are going to be your, your, your C-suite, your managers, your, your executives and, and, like we, you, like we try to tell our advertisers or potential advertisers, the people who make the decisions are the ones who read our magazine. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have a lot of good information in there. I, I'm 
I would imagine that you you might have more consumers reading it than you think. You could be right. Possibly. Uh, we try to cover all of the industry. And by that, I mean there's manufacturers, there's suppliers, there's dealers, but there's also consumers. So if it affects yeah. any one of those segments, we need to cover it. If we're going to be the quote-unquote media authority for the RV industry, then we need to make sure that we're covering every topic that's of interest and of value for our readership. I was going to say, I, I know for us, Sean and I do an episode called uh, Driver's Edition, where it's just the two of us and we sit down and we talk about RV news. I'm not afraid to tell you that we steal most of that, that <laughs> news information from you guys. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Just cite your source. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> I, I would imagine too, I'm, I like going on the RV business website and just looking at the the top articles on there mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And then I also get the Woodall's campground. I'm on the email list for that. I consider myself a consumer more than anything else. And there there is a lot of good consumer information in there. Even it kind of gives you an idea of what new things are happening in the industry that maybe you should, you could take advantage of. You know what too, and this, this kind of goes back to me also being an RVer. The, the favorite thing that I like to write about is new stuff, the new products, the new innovations. And it, 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 I don't mean, you know, an entire RV, which of course is great, but even just something like what's the next widget that I got to have. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it gets my juices going, I'm going to assume that most other RVers probably would appreciate learning about it too. So it's those types of things that I just love. We just met, can I, if I don't mind, if you don't mind me sharing this, we just had a, a product showcase that was put on by Eric Sell. And as you guys know, Eric Sell has a tremendous amount of brands underneath them. Dicor and Coleman Mock and Suburban and MCD and, and Clear Vision Windows, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they, they're already big, but they're ready to grow even bigger. The new innovations that they have out, and new innovations, I guess, is redundant, but the innovations they have out are really going to appeal to a lot of people. Just for example, they came up with an accessory that you can install in some of their Coleman Mock air conditioners that will work or are compatible with like a Google Nest thermostat. So you can install a Google Nest in your RV that will operate your air conditioner and heat strip. That'll be a big deal. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be a big deal. I I see that a lot in the Facebook groups. People are looking for something more updated thermostats to put in their RV. They're not happy with the, the controls. And if it's, Google Nest or anything like that, people don't eat that up. And Coleman Mock even came out with, if you don't want to go to the trouble of putting something in your AC, Coleman uh, came out with some new uh, thermostats that you can install that um, will Uh. most likely be much better than what what we have now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the RV industry always seems to, unfortunately, lag behind everything else. I'm not really sure why that is, but... It takes a little bit of time to make change in the RV industry. You know, it does in some respects. It depends on, on the guy who's running the show. There's, there's a few forward thinkers out there who can immediately understand and appreciate the benefit that some new gizmo is going to give him. 
it might cost him more money than the competitor product, but if it's going to elevate his RV, his brand, and he can market it that way, there's, there's a good number of people going that route. Hopefully we see more of that, more of that innovative thinking and forward thinking, I guess. The ones who are thinking that way are doing so because the consumers are pushing it. We are, Mm -hmm. the RVers are pushing it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where I had RV OEMs telling me they're not going to put solar on the roof because it's too expensive. Well, shoot, (laughs) you can't find a unit without solar nowadays. It's like the slide outs. You can't find a unit without slide outs now. And even then, those were expensive to put in. But if consumers demand it, they're going to put it on. Yeah, I suppose the RV industry kind of looks at the aftermarket stuff and sees how much something is being sold or bought. And then they probably look at that and say, well, that that could be money in our pocket. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's all about differentiation. If I can offer you more than my competitor for not that much more of a price, you're going to go for it. I do. I did. So how many writers are on the on staff for RV business? If you're putting out 11 new pieces of content a day, I think you said you must have a few writers. We are putting that much out. To answer your question, we have about a dozen writers. Majority of those are freelance writers who have our ties to the industry. So it's, it's uh, not just a writer, but somebody with RV industry knowledge and experience. But I should, probably ought to clarify, they had 11 new articles every day. I would say one to three of those are written by the staff. The other ones are articles, either press releases that we put up, or they're going to be content that we aggregate from other news sources like the Associated Press, especially if it has something to do with, you know, the general economy and things along those lines. Okay. And then Rick, as as the executive editor, does every article pass through you before it hits the site? Boy, if I say yes, then that means I'm I'm a, I'm a responsible for everything. Then isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Actually, it, it's it's a team approach. There's uh, two other guys, Sherman being one of them, and Gary Gerard, our other editor. Um, the three of us spend every morning, right up until noon, putting that that list of po- of eleven or so postings together. And then Ben Quiggle, he's our Woodall's Campground Magazine editor. He's a one-man show. He does everything for himself over there on his site. Wow. But it's, it's, um, it's a team approach, but yes, I do see everything. Gary sees everything just as easily as I do. You guys are putting us to shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, Kenny. <laughs> uh, so besides uh, like looking at the major, I'm guessing, AP Reuters, those kinds of things, um, for stories... How are you guys, like the ones that you write, how mm-hmm. are you getting those stories? Well, that goes back to uh, being a good journalist. If, if, you, uh, if you are the beat writer for whatever beat it might be, you need to know your beat inside and out. And Excuse me, and that includes relationships with the people who are on that beat. So for us, for the RV industry, you can't help but become friends with these people and a lot of times they don't mind giving you a story because they're friends with you. Matter of fact, that's that's a good way for us to operate. We go out of our way to make sure that we're not going to put anybody in a situation where they're cast in a bad light. Now, does that mean we're going to ignore some of the hard facts? 
no, we're not going to ignore it, but we're not so going to not embarrass anybody over that. Right now, the when, at the time we're speaking, most of the OEMs are currently not in production. It's uh, the typical holiday slowdown period anyways, but with the economy being what it is and the retail demand being much slower now than it has in the last couple of years, these o- the OEMs are, are uh, they're closed. They're not producing anymore for at least a month or so. We could write a story about that, but what does that serve? Everybody knows it, and if we were to try to talk to somebody, they would probably not want to talk to us on the record. So there's really no story there that we can write. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not a, not a very good answer, guys, because the newspaper guy in me back in the olden days, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be chasing it. I'd be chasing it until I got it. And I'd, I'd run it up the flagpole and get it out there. And, and But then I would burn my sources. Hmm. And I wouldn't be able to get that story anymore. So to me, it's much more important that I can get the brand new Ember RV unit that's coming out off the production line soon because I aren't out to embarrass. I'm not out to embarrass them in any other yeah, way. I, I know that I... Um... I've sent you a couple of things through your website where you can submit a release kind of to, to directly to RV business. Is that, do you get a lot of information that way or is it mostly you reaching out to people and, and like you said, just having conversations with people to get the story? To be honest, um, I don't get very many of those releases coming through the website contact us form. Sean, you might be the only one. <laughs> Yay. No, it, it's really all about relationships. If you have integrity, if you have the trust, and they know that you're going to do a de- decent job when you do and eventually write that story, they're more apt to give you that phone call than, than someone else or not at all. That's that's the probably the bottom line is it's relationships. And Boy, you guys know this. This RV industry is all about relationships. My Absolutely. goodness, up here in Elkhart, it, 85, what, 90% now maybe are all built here. It almost incestual <laughs> how everybody knows everybody. And, and is if you haven't worked with somebody yet, you will soon. It's, it's, uh, it's good and bad. They want to beat each other competitively nine to five. But as soon as that five o'clock, five o'clock whistle blows, they're sharing a beer together. It's all good. The The reason why I ask is because I enjoy reading the articles in RV business because of what you just said. There's no like, you know, there's other websites focused on RVing and the RV industry that are always like gotcha kind of articles. <laughs> and people don't really, I mean, I think true true people that enjoy the RV industry don't want to read that. They want to read the actual news of the RV industry. If you, if I'm making sense. I think you're making sense to me quite clearly. Um, it's just a different business model that, you know, those people that you're talking about, it's just a different business model. Our business model is we want to present news and we want to present information that's going to be of value whether it's insight, whether it's entertainment, whether it's new product, you know, whatever it might be, that's we just prefer to, we just prefer to to focus in on uh, something that's meant to grow 
the industry to grow the lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit, you put it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, that we have similar approaches to the way that we present the topics that we talk about on, on the show as well. We, Sean and I have always looked at the podcast as a way to highlight the RV industry and to highlight the people that are trying to do uh, good for the consumer and, and for their own products and things like that. I think it's very easy to, to tear something apart, you know, and find flaws in anything. So I, yeah, I feel like we try to do the same thing. We're really trying to highlight what people are trying to do and not tear them down so much. That's why I really appreciate being able to share your podcasts every now and then. <laughs> and we appreciate you sharing them. We, that does not go unnoticed. We, we notice that every time. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate it. So with the, with the current market as it is now, um, well, as it has been up until this point, I would say the last few years, mm -hmm. are you busier than ever or <laughs> has it been just, you know, every day kind of similar for you guys, your, your pace of, <laughs> of work? Cause it, you know, for the RV industry, it's grown leaps and bounds in the last three or four years. So what, how has that impacted what you do? You know, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful question to answer because this eight and a half years, it seems like there's never been enough hours in the day throughout those eight and a half years. And yes, the, the tremendous growth in the last couple of years is, is, I don't know what the word is, in, not inspiring because it's, it's uh, just kind of awesome. And I don't mean awesome and as a cliche, it's my gosh, 1.2 million people in a two year period. That's an incredible, incredible number, which gets us down a different topic because we could talk about campground avail or campsite availability. But even with that growth, I don't know if I've noticed that my job has gotten busier. It was busy to begin with. Maybe it's gotten busier for mainstream media because now they have this latest phenomenon that they have to add to their, their beat. But uh, for, for us, now I'll tell you this, our, our OEMs and supplier people, that, that they're busier. They're a lot busier. <laughs> How about when, when the new manufacturers come out, like Ember and Alliance, and now what is the other new one? Ber Brinkley. Berkeley with Brinkley. Brinkley. Brinkley that RV. Must, yeah, that must increase your information flow when, when there's new yes. players in the game. Yep. But I love that. That's the that's the every, you know these people they're starting up and you could add Encore RV to that and a whole bunch out in Colorado as well. But when these new people start, it's because they've got new ideas. They've got the innovations in the back of their head. Maybe they weren't able to get those going where they were at, so they start out on their own because they wanna they wanna get it going. It's, um, I, I love the, the enthusiasm. I love the innovation and gosh, nine times out of 10, when you do finally get to see the, what was in their head, it's like, wow, you, it's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's good for the industry. Yep. So Rick, I have a question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. I know you mentioned <laughs> ad, I know you mentioned advertising. Mm -hmm. Is yep. that how RV business makes all their income? Is it just advertising only? It is advertising. Yes. Those events that I mentioned, we do sell uh, sponsorships for those events. Um, oh, but that's, nice. that is our revenue source. Yes. Yeah. Somebody once, once asked us if we charge our guests 
to be on the show because it, if not, it's free advertising. And the answer is no, we don't, we don't charge anybody to be on the show because if we, if we did that, there, there's so many people that we would want to talk to. If we were only picking the people that would want to give us money, I, I think the, the, yeah. yeah, we would have slim pickings for one, but yeah, we want to talk to everybody. You remember the, uh, this goes back several decades, but, uh, there used to be the This Week in Baseball, and it was they actually it was the radio pro- broadcast of the TV version. And at the end of every interview, they would say that you know Mickey Mantle was given a, a free Timex for participating in this interview. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just thought that was funny because you know like he can't afford a Timex already, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was way off topic. I'm sure that one. <laughs> no, 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 that made sense. Yeah. I thought you were going to lead into and, and we're going to give you guys a free RV. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I'd be interviewing Airstream every week. <laughs> so then the, is the magazine, if, if somebody subscribes to the magazine, is that free? There's no it subscription? Is. It is. a It's a free subscription. Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. Very cool. And is most of your, I, I'm guessing since you're a trade publication and, and now that you've established in the industry for many, many years, it's probably not hard to keep the readership up because word of mouth, I mean, as a, as a trade publication, you're probably like, I want to use the term industry standard, maybe (laughs) that people want to, that people want to read what's going on in their industry. So it's probably pretty easy to keep your numbers up. We do okay. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you remind me of a story of my Uncle Art. Uh, Uncle Art and Aunt Ellen, no longer, but they were full-time RVers, and he subscribed to RV Business even before I joined RV Business. He joined, or he, he subscribed because he wanted to be the first person to know about something that was coming out, like we had talked about. He had that personality where if I'm going to be sitting around the campfire with a bunch of people. Then I want to be the smartest person there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he'll listen to this podcast, so I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the crossover appeal is, yeah, like we had talked about, if if you want to know what's going to happen, what's the the latest, greatest next thing coming out, we're pretty good source for that. Do you do any covering of the campground side or you don't get into that at all we have ben quiggle who does that for woodall's campground magazine and every issue we try to include something from ben on the campground side of things that's obviously a very important topic uh, or issue really for for the rv industry is is the we need more campsites i mean everybody knows that anybody listening to this podcast has had their troubles getting a, a reservation just like i have the industry is behind the scenes, making some inroads on, on improving that, that, that uh, particular issue. Not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I read a lot of news about the RV industry and it seems like campground, new campgrounds, it's almost a political issue for the local communities. You know, there's a lot of articles, people, there's lots of people that want to open campgrounds and the city council, the town council, the county board of supervisors vote it down. And it's mostly because the community is afraid 
you know that like they think we're all like rogue <laughs> drunk driver drug using homeless people that um, want to come invade their community that really don't have any idea about um, the economics of what a campground could bring to their community and that we are actually fairly decent people, most of us. So I really think that that, that issue is, it's just a purely political issue right now. Jeff Sims, he's with uh, National ARVIC, the, the National RV and Campground Association. And that's his job is to overcome those political obstacles. And I remember I've talked to Jeff many times about this and he's every time he has to go in front of a township or a county or a village or a city, a small city. And it's always like you just said, it. it's the same thing. They, they have this complete misperception. He will point out national standards that, that, uh, um, that campgrounds have to adhere to. He will point out the economic impact that campgrounds provide to the communities. He will do everything he can, but when that township meeting is packed with 300 people all shouting no, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want his job for sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they even say that they don't want a campground in an area just for the traffic reasons alone. But I... I I, I agree with Sean. I, I don't think they realize just how good a campground can be for the community because I think almost every RVer I know likes to support small business. I think it's something that we all have in common. And uh, I don't think they realize just how much business they can bring to a, to a town and really, really help out some of these small, especially a smaller town. And it would be helping us out too because we need more campgrounds. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a win-win, but how you get them to be convinced of that is... Yeah, another story, I guess. The other obstacle is is um, economic, and it, it it costs a lot of money <laughs> to start a campground or to add campsites to an existing campground. Boy, I, there's uh, just a couple of counties over. A good friend of mine, Tim Wilcox, owns a campground, and he tells me it. This goes back a few years. It was it would cost him ten thousand dollars per campsite if he wanted to add on. And that's almost all has to do with the state regulations requiring X amount of, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to do X amount of, of campsites, then you need a sewer field, you know, an eight, half an acre and so whatever, whatever. It's just onerous regulations. That's why I think, you know, we see a lot of this new money coming in, a lot of corporate, mostly coming over from the hotel side they're not really starting new campgrounds. They're just buying up the mom and pops and then mm. taking that 200 site campground to 150. And with the space that they're gaining, they're converting those into deluxe campsites. So all of a sudden your rates go from 75 a night to 150 a night because you get a paver brick patio or something. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea it was that expensive to add sites. Yep, it's the regulations that they make you go through yeah. and the, the sewer field, the, the, uh, I think he, I think there, I think he was telling me too, they were going to require him to pave the access roads, which is nice, but it's not necessary. Right. Yeah. Going back to your, your audience. So you're, you're, you're really speaking to the industry side of things. You already have your network going, going strong for you. Do you guys put money into marketing? Do you mark? Do you have to market at all? <laughs> we should, huh? <laughs> we tell our advertisers they need to. 
<laughs> We're starting down that path. We've just hired a full-time a digital media coordinator, and part of his job is to populate Facebook and LinkedIn and a few other social media sites with our content. And it's all meant to not only increase awareness, but to drive people, you know, click the link and then they, they'll go to our website to read the story, that kind of thing. Yeah, we should. We should. I, everybody should market themselves, um, especially if you're in the, the RV industry, you should market yourself through RV business. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Sorry. I've only ever gone to the online, the web, the website, the printed, is that a monthly? RV business is printed every other month. I don't know if, if it was monthly, it would have been well before my time. So I don't know if it ever was monthly. Um, but we've published every other month because of that, we run the risk of having old news in a magazine. Sometimes we can't avoid it. Like with the RV dealers convention that just happened in November. Well, the coverage of that in the print magazine won't be until our middle of January. To overcome that, we have our website and we really have tried to step it up to increase the coverage of events on our website. And then not just stories, but slideshows and videos and uh, those types of things that the digital media allows us to do. As far as expanding, so Sean and I just recently started going to like the Overland Expo shows and now we're starting to have guests on the show that are kind of exclusively for overlanding, but the way we look at it is that they're still participating in the outdoor and camping experience. Is that something that RV business has thought about or thinking about, or are you even allowed to say, I don't know. <laughs> oh, of course we are. Yeah. No, overlanding is, is definitely a growing segment. It's funny. You, you almost can see the progression because it started with travel trailers. Then it became single axle travel trailers. Well then okay, but if we put a lift kit on it, we can call it an off-road travel trailer. And then it became, well, just because it's two inches higher doesn't make it truly off-road. So let's throw in some robust suspension and, and then let's go, let's go solar and lithium so we can call it off-grid and off-road. You know, before you know it, you, you got a poor man's earth roamer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> those things are... <laughs> The overlanding is, um, I just wanted to uh, point this out. Um, it's become such a influence, I guess, in, in this RV industry. Our RV of the year that we just named in part is because of its overland um, uh, prototype. It was the Winnebago Hike. It's that small single axle, 16 foot uh, uh, travel trailer. The tremendous, tremendous off-grid and off-road capabilities well, they hooked up with, with uh, Norco BAL products to have a wonderful independent suspension that uh, just, I, I, I would be surprised if there was somewhere you couldn't take that beast. It was, it was really cool. We made that our RV of the year because the overlanding segment has become such an influence. And they, in our estimation, were one of the few that have been able to make that RV mainstream crossover into overland that's a good word for a crossover yeah it's it's yeah it's rv industry or an rv company crossing into that overlanding they're tippy toeing in there that's for sure yeah <laughs> so to segue from that hike 100 rick kenny and i were just talking yesterday um, in our driver's edition podcast about 
I forget the organization, but they said that 2023 is going to be the year of the small travel trailer. NRVIA said that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think smaller RVs are, are, are smaller travel trailers are kind of taken over? And why would you suspect that is with all your insight? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe not taking over, but certainly there's more of them because they are the entry level for the most part. They're, the, they're going to be what the, uh, you know, if, if I'm 30 years old and, and um, we've got a minivan because I've got two little ones, well, that single axle travel trailer, I can pull it with my minivan. Matter of fact, that's how I started out. I had a, do um, you remember the old trail light Bantam? The oh, hybrid, no. one of the very first hybrids ever come out. Oh, a hybrid. Okay. Yeah. This was back in 1999 and I had a Pontiac Montana minivan by the numbers. I could pull it. So I bought it and I, for two years I did. And, and it was probably the dumbest thing ever because it was a, <laughs> <laughs> a six cylinder passenger minivan that sh should not have been towing a camper, but we did it. Anyways, to answer your question, it is the entry level and just judging by what the OEMs came out with at open house, open house is where all the RV dealers come into Elkhart and the OEMs put everything they make out on display. Most of the OEMs are coming out with a, either a new brand or a sub brand that was a single axle, lightweight, any, you know, less than 5,000 pounds for sure, dry weight model of some sort. So they recognize that they need to fill that category again. Um, you know, those used to be pop-up campers, right? Well, mm -hmm. yeah. no, now we're going single axle, uh, our, our travel trailer. Coupled with that is the RV dealers. They were telling the manufacturers that's what we need because of inflation, because of quote-unquote price creep. What used to be entry-level no longer is entry-level. They had to create a new entry-level product, and single-axle travel trailers, is that fits the bill. Yeah, you, you definitely see at least I see in my area, a lot more smaller travel trailers on the lots. A lot of brand, a lot of brands or product names that I hadn't heard of before. So I'd agree with that. Yep. For somebody uh, listening right now, Rick, that wants to get their hands on a printed magazine, what's the best way for them to uh, do that and keep up to date with rvbusiness.com? Well, yeah, rvbusiness.com, that's where I would direct everyone to. Um, once you're on our, our homepage, you will see across the top, right underneath our masthead, is a bunch of uh, pull-down menus, and one of those is subscribe. You can subscribe to the print magazine. You can subscribe to the digital edition of that print magazine. You can subscribe to our daily news feed, if you'd like. You can subscribe to two or three or one or none. <laughs> Anyway, all of it's free, and, and it's, like we said, we think it's good information. It has that crossover appeal, not only for the trade audience, but a lot of it also could appeal and should appeal to consumers as well. How often do, are you able to get out and RV yourself? <laughs> well, uh, I'm talking to you from Michigan, where there's currently a, a storm brewing, a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm one of the I'm one of those guys that has to winterize every. Uh, let's see, I think we did it November first this year, and we'll pull it out sometime in April. Last year we got out, my wife and I, we got out. Uh, I think we got out ten times. We did pretty good. Oh, that's okay. decent. Yeah. yeah. Do you have some favorite places that you like to go? 
well, I'm not going to tell you my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> I get busy. <laughs> where are you guys at? Because that's where I'm going to tell them where to go. <laughs> what What about, all right, don't, don't say where. What about <laughs> pr- private campground versus, say, a state park or national park? Out of those three, where would you well, prefer? I have never, I have yet to stay at a national park. There aren't too many national parks anywhere close to where I live that also have campgrounds. Oh, okay. Um, that's a bucket list for sure. You know, I certainly want I got a daughter out in Colorado. I want to hit that and see all of those. As far as public versus private, I tend to stay at state parks. That's just how I grew up. I don't know if I've shared this, but uh, I've been an RVer since 2007. But prior to that, my grandparents, they had a motorhome, my gosh, I, starting in the 60s. They've, they're the ones that have had the seven different motorhomes or RVs in their lifetime. Um, they, were do, they were hardcore. They went as far north as Alaska, of course, but down all the way to the Panama Canal. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Holiday Rambler. Holiday Rambler and Four Travel and, and uh, the old Superior the the turd green superior <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they're the ones that um started it all i mentioned my uncle art and then uh gosh my parents uh, a handful of other aunts and uncles and then i got a whole bunch of cousins and we all rv at least once a year we'll all gather at the same place for a, a nice little big huge reunion of of uh, rving honestly that's the way to do it I, I find that we have the most fun when we meet up with friends, family, what or whatnot, some of these rallies and the shows and stuff like that. I think that's when RVing is at its at its best is when you're enjoying it with uh, with with good friends and family. We wouldn't see a lot of this family if we didn't do that either, because they're all over the place. So we all come together and, and it's yeah, like you just said, it's just absolute fun to 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 catch up and and you can still go back to your to your camper and, and shut the door if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Rick, I think that's all of our questions. Is there anything we might have missed or anything that you want to add before we let you go? I don't think so, guys. This was good. As a longtime fan of RV business, it was great to finally have them on the show. And after speaking with Rick, I now have even a better appreciation for all that they do. It was great hearing the inner workings of the company and how they are able to get their stories and produce up to 11 articles a day. This episode also took a look of how the RV industry operates, which I thought was really cool since that's one of the general goals of our podcast. If you are looking for a drama-free way to get your RV news, Sean and I highly recommend you taking a look at rvbusiness.com. Take care, everybody, and safe travels. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries. Battleborn Batteries are the best name in the RV and marine industry. These batteries are designed to replace your existing lead-acid batteries. They come in a variety of dimensions and amp-hour capacities. This ensures there's a Battleborn battery that is right for your needs. These batteries are backed by a 10-year warranty, allowing you to get out there and stay out there. The best solution for your battery anxiety. With the complexity of all the systems in an RV, I always say it's not if something's going to break, but a matter of when is something going to break. That is why I think an extended warranty for RVs is so important. We first interviewed wholesale warranties back in 2019 and immediately became impressed with how their policies worked, such as you can take your RV to any licensed repair shop, including mobile repairs. 
They also have personalized service plans, making sure you are getting the right policy for your needs. And if you think your RV is too old for a policy, you might be surprised to hear that RVs up to 20 years old can still be approved for a policy. That is more age lenient than most RV parks I've stayed at. Go to wholesalewarranties.com forward slash beyond the wheel or click the link down below in our show notes to get your free quote today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.